Hello, good morning to everyone. I greet you all in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our soon coming King. I'm happy that I'm able to share with you the Word of God as it is the Word that will transform your life and realign you with the purposes and destinies that God has for you. Today I want to talk to you about the siege, but before we get into this morning's lesson, let us pray. Father, I pray, Lord God, as I go into your word. Father, I pray that you cover me, Lord God. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you shift the atmosphere right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that your word will be a blessing unto your people, Lord God. Lord God, that they will use this word for their life, Lord God, in their journey with you, in their relationship with you, even in their realignment with you. We thank you for today. We thank you for this morning that you have given unto us, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to turn your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. You can read along wherever you are and just follow. Now, Ezekiel chapter 5 says, um, And thou, son of man, take thee a sharp knife, take thee a barber's razor, and cause it to pass upon thine head and upon thy beard, then take the balances to weigh, and divide the hair. Thou shalt burn with fire a third part in the midst of the city, when the days of the siege are fulfilled, and thou shalt take a third part and smite about it with a knife, and a third part thou shalt scatter it in the wind, and I will draw out a sword after them. Thou shalt also take thereof a few in number, and bind them in thy skirts, then take off them again, and cast them into the midst of the fire, and burn them in the fire. For thereof shall a fire come forth into all the house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord God, This is Jerusalem. I have set it in the midst of the nations and countries that are round about her. And she has changed my judgments into wickedness more than the nations, and my statues more than the countries that are round about her, for they have refused my judgments and my statues. They have not walked in them. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, because ye multiplied more than the nations that are round about you, and have not walked in my statues, neither have kept my judgments, neither have done according to the judgments of the nations that are round about you. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, am against thee, and will execute judgments in the midst of thee in the sight of the nations. Now, the prophet Ezekiel for 22 years have been used by God as a mouthpiece during the time of the Babylonian invasions and the exile of the tribe of Judah. God was instrumental in using the Assyrians and Babylonians as agents of judgment against the northern and also the southern kingdoms. Now, during the time of the invasions of Nebuchadnezzar, in which he took 10,000 prisoners as well as treasures from the temple of Jerusalem, in which the prophet Ezekiel 
was among those 10,000 prisoners. Moreover, it was not until five years after his exile he receives his call from God. Ezekiel's ministry was focused more on the children of Israel after the northern and the southern kingdoms was split into two. Amen. Bless the Lord. Now, what is a siege? Well, a siege by definition is a military tactic used to blockade the perimeter of a well-guarded place so that no help will be given from the outside world to make sure that the capturing of those who resist a strong possibility. Now, in the book of Ezekiel, God was given instructions to his prophet Ezekiel to shave his head and beard and divide those here into three parts by weighing it. It may seem that God has unusual ways to direct a prophet in how to carry out his orders. When we look at the texts, though odd, these instructions were clear. One, God told Ezekiel to take a sharp razor to shave his head and beard. Two, he told him to weigh it on a balance and divide it up into three parts. Three, a third of it, burn it in the city when the siege is over. Four, take another third of it and hit it with your sword all around the city. Five, take the last third of it and scatter it in the wind and God will pursue them with drawn sword. Six, God asked Ezekiel to take a few hairs and tie them up in the folds of his garment. Five, furthermore of these hairs that was in the folds of his garments, take some of these, throw them in the fire, and burn them up. God said by the prophet, burning them up, it would cause fire or the opposition to come out against the whole house of Israel. Israel at this time was without a king, and so the kingdom of Israel was split in two and went into exile, in which a part went to Assyria and a part went to Babylon. The problem that God had with the children of Israel was simply they moved away from God's ordinances, laws, and judgment. Amen. Now, one, God had set apart the children of Israel um, as a beacon of light for the world. So when they disobeyed, God dealt with them harshly. To whom much is given, much is required. God held them to a different standard. Two, I'm reminded of scripture in Hebrews 12 verses, which says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Amen. Three, the punishment and the fury of God towards Israel the children of God, are for an expected end. Now, this fury did not happen overnight as the children of Israel kept going after strange idols and doing things that are abominable in the sight of God. 
Whenever God would judge the children of Israel or a nation, he would always raise up a prophet to guide and warn that nation or people. For pride ignites the fury of God, but prayer, humbleness, and obedience realign you with the purposes and destinies that God have for you in your life. God will never be furious with a broken and a contrite heart. Amen. 5. What we have learned from the text in Ezekiel chapter 5 is that it is dangerous to be out of the will and purposes of God. When we fall into the seven things that God hates by default, we fall into the anger and fury of God. God's word is what keeps the check and balances in our life. Amen. Sits to obtain the mercy of God, our attitude must change from our ways to God's ways. The truth is the children of God were not humble enough to recognize the severity of their actions towards God. Amen. Now, Israel, because of their disobedience, have fallen into famine, with, which propels them into cannibalism. We know that the punishment of God towards Israel is never permanent, but rather it's so that they can come back to their first love as a nation, coming back to the Father and in right alignment with the Almighty. Being a friend of the world, or rather the world's thinking, ways of doing things, you have become an enemy of God. The reason for this is because the spirit of the world belongs to the prince of the world, and that is Satan himself. There is a resistance that God has towards the proud, but God gives grace to the humble. Israel was doing everything that goes against their conduct of how God wanted them to live, even to the point that the children of Israel and their practices became worse than even the heathens. Israel's punishment was to be scattered into all the winds of the earth. Since we as believers of Christ are the temple of the Most High God, these things which are written aforetime were written for our learning to know where did God's people went wrong. So we can learn from their mistakes. Israel at this time didn't present themselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Their reasonable services were going towards their abominable practices they have learned from the other nations who worship other gods. Now it is important that whatever is distracted us from being in right relationship with God, that we abandon it quickly and come back to God. It is a time that we have spent in the presence of our distractions, which distracts us from the presence of God. In Israel's case, the whole matter for them should have been to simply fear God and keep his commandments. The spirit of the world has their commandments and codes in which they go by and live by, 
which it is quite easy for all that are in the world to follow because of this war that's going on between flesh and spirit. To be obedient to something is to listen carefully and carry out an instruction, whether that is written or whether it's coming directly and audibly from God. A lack of adherence to the instructions of God causes us to compromise with those who have distracted us from the path with which God has us on. When Israel was surrounded in a blockade by the enemy, resistance becomes futile. God operates in this level of futility as where this is the area that God speaks to the impossibilities surrounding your life. Only when you choose to humble thyself. When we are surrounded and our back is against the wall, it is a time to wake up. It is a time when we are thrust out of our place of comfort and complacency. God is trying to get your attention to address the reason why things perpetually happen in your life. God was trying to get the attention of the children of Israel by simply allowing the actions of the Israelites that contradict the word of God to take its course, meaning by default of not following God's commandments, it sets them up through the orchestration of events for them to be surrounded in a siege. Now, Israel have always have a track record of finding themselves in a dilemma where prophets were sent to warn the nation of Israel through the word of the Lord to pull them out of the trenches in which they find themselves in. I have learned that God warns of the danger going against his word that holds this world and universe together. God's sovereignty is shown when we relinquish our way of doing things. When God shows up, everything is done right, decent, and in order. The purpose of a savior is to correct a wrong as well as to rescue us from impending doom. Our dilemma of becoming enticed by the things of the world, like how Israel was swayed and went after the other heathen nations, is a representation of our fallen nature when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. As a result of the disobedience of one man and one woman who was cornered in a siege, through the slithering and serpent-like conversation from the devil himself, it plunged future generations into darkness and sin. And so Israel as a nation stood as a light to the other nations through the promise that was rested upon this particular and peculiar nation. Evidently, it was imperative for the enemy to work through different rulers of different kingdoms in time in which Israel was a part of when they disobeyed, ultimately thrusting them into captivity by default of not walking out the instructions of God in faith. This consequence in the climax of the events in time concerning this siege caused the delay. Some delays in life are necessary while others are not. 
either way the purpose of the siege I, I'm sure this have taught Israel for that time a valuable lesson in which we can learn from the environment of a delay when you are cornered and surrounded was designed to provoke a response promote a deeper sense of awareness and maturity for the next level Israel's test as a nation was taking the test of obedience because it was through Israel's obedience that God would be glorified. In life, delays and, and sieges of situation that corners you are in, inevitable. We are going to fall into diverse temptations. The Bible never said we are not going to face these things, but when we do, count it all joy. When hard times come and you are being tested, I encourage you to just stand in obedience and watch God move through your obedience of faith. God wanted the children of Israel to, th to trust him and, and stand in the midst of adversity like the three Hebrew boys. When we stand in the fire, God's word reassures us that Jesus Christ will come on the scene to re rescue us out of the situation that have you bound wounded and distraught. I'm here to tell you that barriers that was designed to block you, block you in can and must come down. We cannot tear, the, tear down our barriers. Only God has the power to break the arm of the wickedness that the enemy has used to hold you captive in your life. In the midst of your battles, God is there. In the midst of your trials, God is there. In the midst of when you feel like giving up, God is there. In the midst of your ad adversaries, God is there. Your same adversaries who have you cornered in a siege, God is also there. God will show up to those that draw nigh to him, who surrenders to him. God is there to those who feel scared, cornered, and afraid. God is there to the weak and lowly. God is there to lift every burden and weight that you have been carrying as a result of the guilt that you are carrying. God is there to give you rest for your soul. I'm here to encourage you that you are more than a conqueror and, and more than an overcomer. Mistakes will come and consequences will come. But I encourage you to trust in the Lord, to give you wisdom and understanding for the journey so that you can properly navigate yourself by the will of God for your life. Wisdom causes us to rethink our actions, allow God to work through you that your walk will, with him will be seasoned with grace and humility. Resist the devil and he will flee. Submit and humble yourself in the presence of God and he will exalt you in due time. Wait upon the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Let us pray. Father, we lift up your holy words, Lord God. We thank you for your many blessings of all our life. Father, I pray over the listeners, Lord God. Father, I pray your words will not convince them, but convict them, Lord God. Father, that these words will become applicable for their lives, Lord God. 
that they will walk out their lives, Lord God, according to the purposes and the destinies in which you have caused them, Lord God, to be. Lord God, I pray that they walk in purpose, Lord God. Father, I pray against any kind of delay in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Lord God. Father, because they are the head and not the tail, Lord God. Father, I pray that these words, Lord God, that have been read, Lord God, I pray that it will be a blessing unto your people, Lord God, and that self will be crucified in the midst of it all, and that you will get the glory, Lord God, in the end, Lord God. We thank you and we worship you, and we tell you thanks in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for watching. I pray and hope this message was a blessing to you all. You can like and share this video as well as subscribe to our YouTube page by clicking the link in the description. The Lord bless and keep you all in Jesus' name.